Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, clinical psychologist, relationship coach, love expert, creator of the ESL relationship method, and athletic wear connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships, and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Are you tired of investing your time and your energy into relationships that go nowhere and you know deep down the common denominator is you. You have awareness that whatever you're doing right now in relationships is not working, it's not serving you, and you are ready to take ownership of this area of your life and finally learn how to embody a securely attached, confident woman who can attract a great relationship. If that's you, I have a very special invitation I want to invite you to apply to the Empowered, Secure, and Loved program. This is a program designed to help you no matter your attachment style, no matter your relationship past, it will help you move to secure attachment so that you can show up confident, you can communicate well, you can navigate any kind of conflict, and you can create that relationship that you've always wanted while simultaneously having high self-worth and high levels of self-love. If that's you and you know that in 2022, you are ready for a great relationship and you're committed to getting there, I want to personally invite you to apply to the ESL program Use the link in my Instagram bio. On Instagram, it's at Dr. Morgan Coaching, DR Morgan Coaching. And the link is also in the show notes. Spots are extremely limited. So go apply now to reserve your spot and start your journey to high self worth and great relationships. It's your host, Dr. Morgan. And I cannot wait for this episode. This is part two of talking about season two of Love is Blind. I hope you watch the show. It is my favorite dating reality show by far. I mean, who doesn't love a little 90 day fiance? You know, I mean, that's kind of like guilty pleasure watching, but Love is Blind, I can actually get behind the concept and I love it. So anyway, season two, season two, Um, last episode, I talked to you about Danielle and Nick and their dynamic. And I I will say I had not watched the finale. Honestly, I was surprised that Nick said yes. Am I happy he did? Oh, absolutely. Do I have a ton of hope that they can work together to create a secure attachment? Yes. And there's just so much I could say. Oh my gosh. So 
One of the things I notice with Danielle and Nick is regardless of what happened in their relationship, they were able to repair. So if you haven't watched the show, this is a couple where um, we have the we, we have Danielle and she has anxious attachment and she has a lot of past relational trauma. She specifically has body image insecurities from events that happened in her past. And she really struggles to accept reassurance. So she has a partner who I believe also has anxious attachment. And oh, and I should have mentioned Danielle has anxious attachment and avoidant attachment. She would fall more in a disorganized attachment style way of being where she wants to be close and then she's not sure. And she does a lot of protest behaviors to test the relationship, right? So so Danielle definitely has the dysregulated attachment style. And Nick has secure attachment and anxious attachment. So the two of them in their dynamic, there were times where neither one of them could feel reassured. Neither one of them could get to a securely attached place. However, to their credit, it seemed as though even if it took longer than it, it should for them, like as an ongoing healthy couple in the long run, it, it, they want to learn how to get to secure attachment quicker. But even though it took longer, and there, there were those times where you're thinking, oh my gosh, are they going to work it out? Um, they seem to always make their way back to secure attachment, right? And good Lord, with that, that finale where Oh, and I should have said before this episode, spoilers everywhere in this episode. Do not listen. If you have not, if you have not watched the finale of season two, do not listen. Okay. Um, but you know, geez, they're at the altar and Nick is sweating. Like I've never seen someone sweat in my life. And I do believe in that moment, both of them were so anxious. Um, I honestly feel it could have gone either way. And, and like I said, I'm really glad. I'm really glad that he did say yes. And at the same time, even if he had said no, I think that they would have tried to work things out and hopefully get back to that place. And y'all, I haven't even, the, the reunion hasn't come out yet. So who knows? Maybe they're not together, but Here's what I will say. Their strongest, their their strongest foundational truth that they have going for them is they both ultimately want to do the work to create a secure attachment. And they're dedicated to showing up and doing what they have to do in order to create that secure attachment. And that is so evident in Nick in particular, his willingness, that word willingness, right? It's foundational in any relationship dynamic. Are both people willing to meet the person where they are at to help that person come to a securely attached place? And sometimes... The willingness is not there 
And it could be lack of emotional capacity. It could be past relationship trauma. It could be narratives about relationships, could be your attachment style. But there's simply not a willingness to do what is required to move the relationship to a securely attached place. And what we saw with Danielle and Nick in season two so far, right, is that both of them possessed the willingness to show up. And and I here here's the reality too, is you have to also have the willingness to work on the relationship, but also to work on yourself. So as individuals, I, I also hope that they they want to do do the things that will help them show up better as as partners to one another. So I'm excited to see this reunion and see see what's going on with Danielle and Nick. Um, okay, so much more to talk about. I have to talk very briefly about Natalie and Shane. I actually want to focus on Deep D and Shake. But Natalie and Shane, whoo, I am proud of Natalie. And in so in in the part where it's before the wedding and we see Natalie interacting with her dad and her dad says something along the lines of of everything I've accomplished in my life being your dad is my greatest accomplishment and hello tears it's a beautiful moment where we see what it is to have that securely attached relationship with a parent and it's it is so evident that Natalie does have secure attachment and the relationship with her parents really helps us understand why it is that she likely operates in the world as a securely attached person, right? She has these loving parents who are open and honest with her and her mother seems to be direct with Natalie. Um, And and that relationship with her dad when so when Natalie talks about after she leaves the altar and she says no to Shane she talks about why she said no and this is really key y'all she's she's at the altar and she said i just didn't feel safe and secure i didn't feel the way that i feel with my dad i did not have that same feeling with Shane Oh my gosh, can you imagine my attachment theory brain as I'm watching that? Because think about it, if you grew up with a dynamic with your father where it's unpredictable and there are, you know, moments where you don't know if if he loves you or if he cares or there's neglect or there's a lot of emotional invalidation and then you're at the altar and you're feeling that uncertainty, guess what? That's what you're used to. Your attachment system is used to that. So you're going to say, well, this is just what a relationship is. This is my relationship template. And you'll say, yes, Natalie had a template for secure attachment. She had a great template for what it is to be in a healthy relationship. And the work I do is, is this that even if you did not grow up with parents like Natalie's, and even if you do not have a secure attachment style, you can move to secure attachment 
through the four-part process that I've developed, which is called the Empowered, Secure, and Loved Relationship Method. And I'm so passionate about the work I do because think about this, if it was only people who had great childhoods and who had the parents that created secure templates for them, and it was only them who could have access to great relationships, that would be such a sad world in my book, right? We'd just be, it would be generations and generations of, well, that's the way it's been and that's the way it'll always be. And, you know, these, this family line, people, you know, always get divorced and they always have crazy romantic relationships. I have to tell you, you can have the kind of relationship you have never had before. You do not have to have the same kind of relationship that you had with your parents, and you don't have to repeat the models that you've seen before. You truly can break the cycle. So seeing Natalie, seeing that interaction with Shane, the fact that she did say no, it really uh, it really increased my respect for her. I'm going to be honest, in the beginning of the show, I really was not sure at all about Shane and Natalie, and in particular, Shane. Um, but they did grow on me. I'm sure a lot of you had that same experience. By the end, I was I was certainly rooting for them. And then when Natalie was able to hold firm to her boundaries and say, I love you, and I'm not ready to do this right now. That was really important, right? I, you've heard me talk about dialectics. Two things can be true. So a lot of times we find ourselves falling into the trap of black and white thinking, and that does not serve us. And And Natalie was able to speak in dialectics and say, I love you. I think we have a great relationship and I cannot marry you right now today. So go, go, Natalie. That was great. Um, moving on. I feel like this, this should be like three separate episodes because we've talked about all these different couples, but let's move on to talking about Shake and Deep Tea. I did a poll on my Instagram story the other day where I was asking you, who would you want me to interview out of some of the women on the show? And I was not surprised. The most votes went to Deep D. And I believe part of that is because a lot of us can relate to her. We can see ourselves in her. And the way that she handled herself with such grace, with such power, with a strong foundation in knowing her worthiness. Oh my goodness. I was just, I was tearing up. I was clapping. I was so thrilled to see how she handled herself. That was a wonderful example of being able to step into your true self-worth and to stand up for what you know that you deserve. And I think so many of us can relate to moments when we should have operated as Deep D did in that moment. We should have, you know, said, you're not choosing me. 
much earlier in a relationship. A lot of us can relate to having stayed in dynamics where we did not feel completely chosen and sort of settling for that feeling. So, oh my gosh, there's so much to say about this dynamic between Deep D and Shake. There's a lot going on. I talked about it a little bit on my last episode, and I do believe what I said is true, and and it certainly played out more in that Shake has a lot of work to do. He certainly falls in that classic avoidant attachment style category. And I will say what I love about him is he's come out on Instagram and he's acknowledged he needs to do work on himself. That's great. Um, Even in the pods, we saw that, you know, we saw him acknowledge, wow, I realize I'm basing way too much on physical appearance and that's not healthy and I need to change right? So he's he is someone who is open to growing. He wants to develop more self-awareness. And I think that's wonderful. Um, but oh my gosh, any of you who watched that finale and it's the wedding ceremony and Deep Tea looks absolutely beautiful. And we see that Shake actually gets a bit emotional when he sees her. And you can see some sort of tears welling in his eyes. And they ask Deep Tea first. And she says, I wish I had, um, I wish I could quote her right now. But essentially, she says, you know, I valued our friendship and our relationship. And I did not feel chosen by you. I know she used other words, but it's something like that. Um And what's so interesting, and this was the cringe moment for me, the cringy moment, is Shake immediately goes into party, celebrate. This is a celebration. And let me tell y'all, that is a defense mechanism, right? Of I don't want to feel what this person is saying to me. I don't want to actually take it in. Let me avoid and just go into quote unquote party mode or what whatever it was. And that happened on TV. And I I think, of course, he might have been doing that for self-preservation to compartmentalize. A, a lot of times we're in a moment and our brain is saying, just you just can't feel this right now. So let's just not feel it in the moment. Right. And What's hard, though, is we can't a a lot of times in human relationships, if you're if you're with somebody who's compartmentalizing all the time, you start to feel like you can't really trust them because their reaction to things doesn't match up and it can be actually very unattractive. And and that's why we are so attracted to vulnerability and people being real with us. It actually creates deeper levels of trust, right? So obviously, self-preservation, Shake is compartmentalizing. He's using the defense mechanism of actually sort of humor, humor as a defense mechanism and going into the party mode. Um, and he's not letting himself feel 
in that moment. So maybe we'll see that on the reunion. Oh my gosh. Shake, I'm rooting for you. Can you please just drop into your emotional experience and tell us how you feel? That would be great. Um, back to their dynamic a bit. There's things going on. Oh man, I would love to have been like the couples expert on that show and just done some sessions. I don't even care if it'd be recorded, but just to be there and help those couples navigate some of their dynamics. Anyways, if anybody knows the producers of Love is Blind, hook me up. Um, just saying. So there's a lot of things going on. I talked about Shake not being familiar with secure attachment and really a overall level of discomfort with intimacy with being close. And I do believe that his um, his inability to open up to a physical connection with Deep D, it could certainly be so many things. And it's not fair for me to say without actually knowing him. But let's just talk about what it could be. It could be the avoidant attachment style, the fear of getting close to someone. It could be his own beliefs about relationships. And I, I had talked about how uh, physical connection was probably the way he connected with people in the past, in his past relationships, and he did not have emotional connections. So the physical had to be there right away because that was the only way he was connecting. So to have a relationship that had a foundation with emotional connection was completely new territory, right? And there could have been fear there, fear of um, himself not being good enough, fear of actually being close to someone, um, fear of really moving a relationship forward. He jokes about, you know, he's he's single and he's been single this whole time and clearly something's not right. And it's it's his avoidant attachment style, right? Like that's that's one theory. Other factors, I just want to acknowledge this. There could be some internalized racism happening here, potentially, right? I mean, I, I don't know him well enough. Um, both of them joked about, right, that they had never dated. Uh, I think they, they use the words brown folks, uh, people of color, that they had, they had never dated that type before. And it's interesting. There's there's so much there and there's a lot of studies on race and dating. And um, but I, I do know this, that sometimes when you grow up and you receive racism, right? So you start to believe things about yourself that you're not good enough because you're different. And then you can project that onto the people that you're going to date and sort of view you know, the dominant race, white folks, and viewing that as superior. So then, of course, when you're dating, that's what you're looking to date. Um, and and like I said, I don't think that I'm the person to talk about this. I don't have enough expertise, but I just want to acknowledge it because it was there. 
right? They actually both talked about it. And I think it's it's just important to note how culture and racism, how that all intersects with who we decide to date. Um, and then I do want to just throw in this possibility. The other possibility is that he simply was not able to feel a physical attraction, right? And while I do strongly believe that it's likely the avoidant attachment style and fear of intimacy, um, there are cases where we are with someone, they are great, they make us feel securely attached, and we are ready, and we are open, and we want secure attachment, and our heart is totally open. And for whatever reason, the physical chemistry just isn't there. Like I said, I actually don't think that was the case here, but I just want to acknowledge it as a as a potential factor. Um, yes, most of the times someone who is avoidantly attached, they'll use that and it's a great, everyone understands that reasoning because we've all been there, but the reality is, is it's, it's simply... Uh, a scapegoat. It's simply a way to get out of the relationship, right? Okay. I hope you enjoyed this recap. I have loved this show. Please DM me on IG. Let me know your thoughts on Love is Blind season two. Let's talk about it. And hey, if you know Deep D, if, if you know any of the cast and can make a connection. I would love to have any of them on the show. I will be reaching out to Deep D. So let's let's cross our fingers that she'll come on and do an interview. You could totally, if you want to, send her a DM or take her in her stories and uh, tell her to come on the podcast or that Dr. Morgan would love to interview her. Feel free to do that. You don't have to, though. Um, and I will be reaching out to her and let's make it happen. All right. I also have a huge, huge, huge announcement. I know that I did announce this on my Instagram already, but I want to share it with you all here. We have surpassed the 1 million listens mark, and I have no words. I am humbled. I am honored. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. This is the most fun I have. This is the wonderful gift uh, that sort of just came to me. And I've just, I, I honestly have no words. Usually I could speak pretty well, as you all know, but I, I really don't have words to describe the gratitude that I feel for you all, for the audience, for the guests, for everything that has made this show what it is. And we will continue to serve. We will continue to help people. I do notice when you all send me the DMs, when you when you reach out and let me know, hey, this podcast has changed my life. And I'm I'm so grateful that I get a lot of those messages. Thanks for being with me on this journey. Those of you who started out from the beginning, those of you who have listened to almost all the episodes, you are amazing. Thank you for being part of this community, this journey. I appreciate you. 
Um, if you haven't already, I would love to have you leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts. I do read those reviews. They mean a lot to me. That's actually the best way to help people find the show if you leave a written review. So if you haven't done that, it would mean a whole lot. I really would appreciate it. Um, and of course, I will continue to serve y'all. I'm excited. We will be just continuing to level up and um, just put out great content for you, hopefully for years to come. So I appreciate you all. And of course, you know, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. I'll talk to you soon. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way that you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram, Facebook, and making sure that you tag me at Dr. Morgan Coaching. And it would really mean the world to me if you took just two minutes to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. This podcast is not free to produce. And the more that you help this little show grow, the more people will have access to this valuable information. So until next time, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community.